Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi, I'm Colin Hung with Healthcare IT Today. And today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Constantino, who is going to talk to us about this unique tattoo ID badge, something that he presented at the recent AHIMA conference. Dr. Constantino, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am really excited. When I saw this presentation you gave and saw what you had created, I was fascinated. Um, maybe if you can describe what it is that you have uh, done with this ID badge for our audience, that would be fantastic. So basically what we've done is created a substrate, which is basically a, a plastic-like material made out of urethane that's very thin, almost like a postage stamp in thickness, with a very special adhesive that is non-reactive to the skin. So in thousands of patients that we've put it on, they don't have any skin reactivity, it's hypoallergenic. And it contains information on its surface that you can read, kind of looks like a shield, we call it the patient ID shield. And then embedded within it, is either a radio frequency identification tag or very quickly over the next few uh, months, we're gonna have Bluetooth capability with an embedded paper battery that can actually transmit and then physiologic sense your temperature, potentially your heart rate, pulse oxygenation, and even your location. So what we've done is we've gotten rid of the hospital wristband, put it on the surface of the skin in more than one location so you're never without it. It's much more comfortable and now it's electronically connected, so we've advanced beyond the wristband. And most importantly, once you put it on somebody, when you peel it off, it disables it. It's called frangibility. And that means that if someone's wearing it and then it's taken off, it can't be used by anybody else. So its security is much greater than a wristband, which if they have embedded uh, electronics in them, they can continue to be functional after they're slipped off or removed. And on physically on the badge, is there any information about the patient that's right on the badge itself, like physically that I can see? There is, and it's pretty much the same information that you would find on a standard hospital wristband. So you have the name, the medical record number, age, uh, sometimes we have blood type, a couple other uh, parameters, plus a barcode. So you can use it for barcode pharmacy for scanning in drugs. But from a connectivity standpoint, we have no personal information that's actually housed in the electronics in the microchip in the device. That's simply transmitted via secure connection to a cloud-based system that we've created via our software, where it connects them with the electronic medical record system. So essentially, if you lose it, you're losing the same thing as a hospital wristband with respect to risk to health information privacy. Nothing more. Nothing more. And and. You were, before we got on air, you were talking to me about, like, how did you create this? Where did the idea come from to put, uh, basically, to replace the wristband with a, essentially a stick-on tattoo? Well, it's interesting. My wife uh, has a design company called Lulu DK, and some of, the, some of the people out there may be familiar with it, but we, they make everything from uh, fabrics to wall coverings, and they make jewelry, and they came up with these flash tattoos which look like jewelry, and they're essentially water-based tattoos, and women particularly would wear them at the beach, and this was quite a trend of, or a fad a, a couple years ago. 
and the company became quite adept at making those. And they almost had the the configuration of a circuit board. And when the fad ended, we were trying to figure out what we could do with all these tattoos. And my wife had had a brain tumor some 20 years ago, and she's fine, but she had about eight operations. And she thought, well, for someone who's had cancer or loses their eyebrows, maybe you could use it for that. And then I thought, let's try and use it to replace the hospital wristband because there's such miserable things to have around your wrist. So initially, we were this water-based tattoo that was just a little more sophisticated than a kid's tattoo. But then very quickly, we realized we could embed electronics in it, filed a bunch of patents, and then came up with this um, surface adhesive and plastic uh, essentially construct that we could attach everything to. And my background's in biomaterials. And that proved very successful, and that was the starting point for this for this entire device. And and uh, you've rolled this out now. This is actually something that you've kind of done a, a few pilots with. What, what's sort of the reaction being by both patients and clinicians to to the ID badge? So you saw a presentation by Children's Health of Texas, which was a very small cohort of patients, and in fact, it didn't even have the RFID functionality, which allows you to without even touching the patient through their garment to log on to them and connect to them. So um, it's very safe from a nosocomial disease transmission standpoint. But we've put it on 30,000 patients in the Northwell Health System. And in fact, during COVID in New York City, where it really became bad, we were deploying this primarily at our Lenox Hill Greenwich Village facility which is a very busy freestanding emergency room, huge emergency room. And the nurses actually stopped using hospital wristbands because they considered them a disease transmission because you could put our stuff on and then scan the patient, log them in for medications or whatever, right through their skin without ever, without, without ever touching them again. And so the patients loved it and the nurses love it and the kids like it because we could put superheroes on it. And so it's been a really positive experience for everybody. And we're now just developing partnerships to get it out there in a methodical fashion. And strangely, our biggest problem has been our technology is advancing so rapidly. We're not doing widespread deployments because within the next one to two quarters, we should have a device that has a paper battery in it that lasts a week that can tell your temperature, your heart rate, your pulse oximetry and your location, and it is all going to be as thin as a postage stamp, and it sticks on your skin, and that's a big advance, particularly given that we think it's going to cost just a few dollars, and all the other competitors are a lot of money and prohibitive as far as helping patients given their cost. And the patient reaction, from what I remember of the presentation, was phenomenal. I mean, truly, people liked it a lot more than Earthband. Now. Thankfully, I've not been in the hospital that many times to to get annoyed at my wristband, but but I but I'm assuming that that people found it more comfortable and they just felt more secure with it. Was that sort of the case that you found with the deployments you've had? It was, and you know, the very first deployment we did in neurosurgery with 30 patients, and essentially every single patient preferred it to a wristband except for one, who uh, indicated that he didn't like having his sleeve raised to scan onto the device. Well, that was part of the study protocol. Um, the reality of it is, we couldn't tell them this, that the technology is such that you don't need to raise somebody's sleeve. You can go right through the sleeve. So whatever uh, 
criticism that patient had really aren't valid given the capability of the device. So we're in pretty good shape there. That's awesome. And and you're saying also you can customize it. Is this something that um, eventually the, the hospitals can just customize themselves in terms of funky images or different information, um, uh, that kind of thing with with the with your ID badge? Yeah, and you know one of the hard things with this, as you can imagine, is you've got this very thin electronics array, and you put it in this um, this plastic substrate that uh, almost looks like tegaderm. Uh, but it's opaque and it's got an adhesive and it's got a backing on it. And then you're going to print on it because we do printing right at point of service with these kind of toaster size zebra printers. And we print from the cloud directly from the electronic medical record system. And they're thermal printers. And so about a year, year and a half of our work was how do you take all this and shove it through a thermal printer and have it not be screwed <laughs> up? And we managed to figure out how to do that. And the cool thing is that Though we print in just two colors right now, we can in the future print in a variety of colors. So you can have a kid and you can have Batman or Belle or Captain Marvel or whatever, and they, you know, they love it. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. And you've talked a little bit about the future of these badges, about post oximetry and all these other um, uh, things that you are able to uh, to read from the patient. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the other side, though, about the integration with the EHRs and all that information. How, is, how have you found that? Has that been a challenge for you to get access to the EHR and get that data in? Well, not for me. Uh, my team at IDEON, which is the company that we started, um, they know that I'm lucky if I can send emails correctly. So there's a whole lot of other people who are dealing with that aspect of things. So for me, it's been pretty easy. Uh, for them, though, to get through Northwell's uh, uh, health systems, uh, uh, information technology barriers, it, was a it took a lot of work. And we were very proud of the fact that Northwell has listed our device as a low-risk device relative to loss of um, personal health information. Uh, that required a whole lot of work, though, and I'm not even going to go into what it was because, quite, quite frankly, I'm not sure myself. So. <laughs> No, that's good though. I mean, it sounds like it was a worthwhile investment, obviously, for Northwell to to go all the way to make it integrated with their EHR, because that's where the information comes from that goes right on that ID batch, right? And when you scan it, you want to link it back to that medical record. Right. And the interesting thing is for them to print wristbands in the ERs, they were printing from kind of an archaic system that had a separate database. We had to type in the information. And we never realized that. We managed to take our device and via the connectivity to the EHR system, now to go to the EHR system, then print in a secure way wirelessly to on-site printers with information directly from the EMR system. And a critical feature of that is, as an example, when somebody gets weighed, uh -huh. their weight can be automatically via wireless scale connected so that it gets entered into the electronic medical record without a human having to do it. Why is that important? It's because of the misidentification of weight, whether in kilograms or pounds, is one of the biggest reasons for drug errors in a hospital setting, an injury right. to patient, or and we've eliminated that. We've taken that out of the hands of humans. That is that is truly awesome because you're absolutely right. That is one of the biggest recording errors that happens is the weight uh, and other things, which of course now you can tie it directly with all of the other devices that are connectable uh, in the hospital, like the weight like the weight scales. What sort of um, 
you know, if, if I was a, a CIO or a CEO of a hospital that's kind of looking at your technology or maybe I had heard about it, wasn't quite sure about it, kind of looks like a little sci-fi-ish, what would you say to me to convince me that, no, no, you should give this some serious consideration? Uh, well, there's kind of the, the technical and then there's the, the more emotional. Um, the technical would be that there are no substantial technical barriers to deploying this. And I think that everybody realizes that this is the future. Uh, skin applied technologies are here to stay. They're going to get better. They're going to get cheaper. And they're going to do things that are, are really beyond what we've contemplated. Because as they gather data continuously relative to temperature and heart rate and weight, all of these things, artificial intelligence programs, which are already written, are going to synthesize this information and start to tell us things about patients predictively that we haven't even contemplated. Let us know who's going to get in trouble as far as getting septic before they even get septic. Mm. Those are things that are very, very important and that we need to, and a hospital wristband can't do it, and we need to begin to lay the groundwork to make this happen. And we have not chosen to go to a high level of physiologic sensing first, which a lot of companies have. We've gone to the basic level of how do you apply it to the skin? How do you make it not react with the skin? How do you connect electronically? How does How is identity embedded basics so we can layer on the functionalities in the future? And that's proving to be successful. The emotional thing to look mm -hmm. at, we've got enough medical centers interested in this and the patients respond well enough. And this is such a PR advantage the way it gives you a leapfrog over others that if they don't sign on, you know, in the beginning, they're eventually going to sign on to catch up from a perception standpoint. Uh, that's awesome. I I definitely hope one of my hospitals uh, gets your technology fairly soon because I, you know, I definitely want a Batman or a Spider-Man uh, on my on my batch. For you, we'll make you a special one. <laughs> that's perfect, doctor. Um, so where can people go to find out more information about your ID badge? So. Um, I'm not uh, the head of the company anymore. Uh, they, they wised up and I agreed with them. Uh, we have the new uh, chairman of our board who's the former president of IBM Ventures. His name's Bob Carberry, Carberry and a new CEO named Samara Behrens. And you can reach out at IDEON, which you get that ID on. So IDEON, I-D-I-O-N dot U-S. IDEON us on the web and connect with uh, those folks. And there's a whole team of people that'll be happy to give you information about the company in a far more technical way than I could provide because I'm still a practicing craniofacial surgeon and I have no intention of changing that. <laughs> well, this is great that the product was born out of a clinical need and 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 uh, you putting together these uh, sort of disparate pieces of, you know, printable jewelry and now come up with this ID badge that can replace the uh, the uh, wristband is just incredible. This is it's it is such a pleasure to sit down and talk to you about this incredible story and journey. Thank you. And I want to give a shout out to everybody at Children's Health in Texas, and particularly Mo Simpson, who, without his involvement, you and I wouldn't be talking, and we wouldn't ha have an understanding of what this does in a pediatric population. And that is a truly great children's health system down there in Dallas. Well, that's great, and and it's such a great partnership as well for them to kind of take a take a flyer on this and and implement it and look at the great results that that they've seen. Fantastic, awesome, Dr. Constantinos. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate everything you shared, and uh, good luck with your practice and good luck with everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Same to you.
This has been Colin Hung at Healthcare IT Today. Thanks for listening.